If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The Glass Noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 36 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're back with Jacques von Niekerk looking at Apple, Amazon, Google, and others, and dissecting some events in the news. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Today we have Jacques von Niekerk, Wonderman Data CEO, back in to chat about Amazon, Apple, and Google's points of view in all the chatter about privacy. We'll get to that chat in just a moment. We've got episodes on conversational marketing, doing a rebrand, telling stories with data, along with a collaboration I'm undertaking on innovation. We might launch a separate podcast for chats about that, hoping to squeeze in that pilot before the end of the year. It should be a lot of fun, so stay tuned. On to Jacques von Niekerk. Jacques and I have chatted a few times, mainly about GDPR and its effect on marketers. After the last episode, I rang him up to chat about some events we saw in the news, and we decided to commit the discussion to the hard drive and share it with you. Nice short chat about what's going on in privacy and what it means to marketers. Let's get to it. Jacques, welcome back. Thank you, Mark. So as a follow-up to our GDPR chat last time, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at some of the events in the news related to privacy. Amazon, in an article in Adweek, didn't shy away from saying that it's you know looking to monetize the data it has collected for more than two decades. Of course, it sees that as a revenue opportunity, right? There's a lot to unpack there in, in that article, and that's kind of what you do best and why I asked you back. So what's up with Amazon? <laughs> well, well, I think you know Amazon, as it relates to marketing and advertising, is um, is, is a fascinating beast in its own right because you know Amazon, without really trying, before they knew it, became quite a force to reckon with in the world of ad land because their platform has so many users on it. Right. So, ironically, they're actually playing catch up as it gets to you know being a friend of Madison Avenue and getting close to all the large uh, media agencies and, and holding groups. But it feels a bit perverse to say that Amazon's playing catch-up because they're so dominant uh, in every other right. But I think what we're seeing is really, you know, a very different approach to the marketplace. And and, I, and a lot of what's driving this is really the advances in cloud-based computing. And Amazon through AWS being so dominant in the cloud spectrum, I think is using the innovation and their scale in the cloud to think about how do they approach 
advertising uh, and the monetization of data. And we've seen different strategies from people like Google. And um, and I think the use cases for marketers is really what's driving a lot of this. So, so I think they're, what they're really saying is, can a cloud-based data sharing platform adhere to stricter guidelines, both from a kind of a, a brand safety perspective um, and specifically around consumer privacy. And, uh, you know, what we're seeing is that people like Amazon and, and Google to an extent are saying that if we manage data in our cloud-based environments, we can do so in a safer, more brand-safe way with less data leakage around the fringes. Uh, and, and a lot of this basically means that we're going to have less pixel-based tracking or third-party cookie-based tracking, and it plays into the hands of the major platforms. And obviously, any marketer would want their brand to be an environment where it's not next to any malicious content um, and do better kind of one-to-one marketing. And I think that is what Amazon is starting to play towards. So on the other side of the coin, you've got Apple, and Apple is calling for GDPR-like legislation here in the U.S., which underscores the difference between the two business models, Apple's and Amazon's. What do you think is behind that? Yeah, it's, it's almost unheard of um, to hear a company come out and say they're in full support of comprehensive federal privacy laws. <laughs> but, um, okay. I, you know, I, I, I believe it's a strong position to take, but I, it's right for Apple's business model. You know, I, I thought it was a stroke of genius um, when Tim Cook said, at Apple, the customer is not the product. Mm. So one has to respect their very clear um, view of this. But then again, it kind of s- suits their business model. They, they, they don't have a scaled content and media platform if you compare it to, let's say, Google and an Amazon. And I know that might sound strange, but if you were to compare YouTube or the Google Content Network or Amazon Video, and even platforms like Twitch and Amazon's own e-commerce marketplace, as a, right. a you know, compared to let's say Apple News or the Apple App Exchange, they're relatively small. So uh, they have less to gain uh, in a way by trying to monetize their their data, um, and the others are just frankly much larger and and, and bigger scaled um, platforms in that regard. So. So I, I think it absolutely is the right thing for Apple to do. But to be honest, it kind of suits that. It's not as though Apple hasn't tried advertising, right? They've tried to do that, and it just hasn't really worked very well. Yeah, and I, I think Apple will innovate uh, in their own way. And, and you know, I, I believe that a lot of what they'll try and do is will be more around um, services and uh, value-added services, you know, and frankly, and subscriptions. Um, you know, there's, there's talk about... Apple News becoming a subscription-based service soon, and they'll use their data to understand how that service and, and how kind of news content is being consumed um, and probably try and uh, innovate in that direction. Uh, you know, they've, they've always taken this kind of premium position where it's for, for both their product and, and their service. And that's kind of the iTunes model. Exactly. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. So there's another big player. You mentioned Google briefly. 
maybe the biggest player in the advertising world. I don't have the figures in front of me, but that may, may, maybe I'm I'm telling the truth there. So what's Google's position in all of this? Yeah, I, th- I think Google and, and probably to an extent, you know, Facebook after everything that's happened at Facebook, but they, they've been a little bit quiet compared to the others um, right now. But I, I think Google really wants the industry to improve. Um, you know, they, they, they realize that because they have such a large a content network and they work with a lot of publishers and, and advertisers and brands in the ecosystem that they need to find new solutions. Uh, but the problem is Google, like Amazon, is saying, well, we can do it in our cloud-based environment and in our cloud-based platform, which is right because we can innovate there. And maybe we can keep data more, you know, the safest safest way to, to keep data safe is just don't move it around, right? So they're saying we're not going to move consumer data around, but yeah. brand marketer, just tell us, come to us and we'll tell you if, whether you've met your customers or converted your customers, which is really hard because it makes the whole industry a little bit lopsided, right? So there'll be an over-dependence on the walled gardens. Uh, there's a lot of smaller media companies and publishers out there who will be left behind in a way. You know, recently, Brian Lesser of, of Zander, which is part of AT&T, actually put it quite eloquently. He said, we need more communal gardens and we need walled gardens. You know, so I think we're seeing this kind of battle of the clouds starting to bleed into the marketing ecosystem where Amazon and Google are definitely intimating that they can do better at advertising and, and targeting, but it has to be done within their ecosystem and within their cloud infrastructure. Um, so I think that's the that's the big trend that's busy playing out in, in, in front of us. Yeah, and Facebook could consume an entire podcast episode, but you know, <laughs> g- give me a couple of minutes on on Facebook in light of you know events from uh, the news in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think Facebook, where they've done amazing work, is working with brands and the creative community, and they've, and they've done that for a long time. And and, and unfortunately, and we've talked about this. Well, I think they've underestimated the importance of customer data and how data is managed across this quite a broad spectrum of people, whether it's developers or um, kind of partners in, in their landscape. Uh, and they're making a massive effort to clean that all up and tighten that up. So it, it seems a little like they've closed ranks on that a bit, but I, I feel it's out of necessity that they, they have to do that. And unlike, and, and this, I think this is an interesting take on it because unlike Amazon and Google, uh, they don't have a enterprise cloud-based strategy, mm. which is clearly what Amazon and Google are, are using to their advantage to build new solutions for, for marketers and advertisers. That leaves Facebook a little bit outside of that arena. And as we said, Apple's playing to their own strength, which is more about kind of products and services at a, at a premium subscription level. So it'll be very interesting to see what Facebook's next move is going to be. I mean, you know, the strength in things like WhatsApp and the strength in Instagram is carrying it forward. But it's going to be interesting to see what will happen if they stop pushing advertising into WhatsApp, which, as we know, is is on the card. So, uh, you know, Facebook themselves have some interesting challenges and opportunities. It just seems to be a little bit different to where Amazon and Google's going. At right. It's a, it's a complex marketplace. That's what it seems to me. And uh, uh, any any one decision will have an effect on other uh, decisions. So so it's kind of like a bit of a 
kind of uh, dominoes, right? It is. And I, I do think it's strange, Marcus, in a way there is a bit of maturity in the digital publishing and social media space. And I think if we think about the next wave of applications that's coming our way, you know, advances in big data, machine learning and artificial intelligence, it will open up a whole new set of questions around data ethics and privacy. So it's almost like the whole industry says right now we need better standards. Yeah. And and that's why you're almost seeing people turning to privacy laws and to the legislators because there's a little bit of catch-up that needs to happen in terms of kind of standards around customer data. And we're seeing a huge growth in things like customer data platforms and um, you know marketers taking uh, their first-party data strategies um, more seriously. But, uh, but it is, you're right, because at one level there's a bit of maturity, but then there's this whole new wave of applications happening and a whole shift in kind of media landscape, you know, whether it's the big cloud platforms or the way that the telco companies and the content companies are, are merging. It just seems like we're maybe at the beginning of a significant shift. Do you agree with that? I, I would agree. And, you know, we know about the California and, uh, privacy legislation. There's, it's actually happening in a couple of other countries. We're seeing the same thing. So I, I think it's a, it's a big shift. You know, I don't think Tim Cook's words are going to fall on, on deaf ears. I think I think the legislators will take it seriously and um, um, let's see what happens at the federal level. But I think outside of the outside of what will happen from a, a privacy law perspective, clearly the industry is trying to self-regulate or bring new solutions and new innovation to the market, which is what Apple uh, and I think Google and Amazon are trying to, to do right now. Well, as always, Jacques, it was great to have you here. We could talk for hours about this, as I think I say every time we chat, but I really appreciate you being here. It's my pleasure, Mark. Thank you so much. Thanks to Jacques for being here. Always a thought-provoking discussion. Next time, we chat with my old buddy Kevin Flanagan about conversational marketing, so stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.